considering all the travel uh, that my husband and I have done, the places that we've lived, uh, the most recent before moving to the Milwaukee area uh, was um, Southern California. So people say, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> you left Southern California for Milwaukee? And, and I say, no, <laughs> we're crazy. Uh, we, we love it here. I'm, I have to admit, we have liked every place we've lived. We liked living in Iran. We were really, really distressed at the circumstances as they developed, but we really loved Iran. Um, uh, how do we end up here? Uh, well, my husband had retired and our daughter um, had met and married a man from uh, South Milwaukee, or who lived in South Milwaukee, and um, so uh, we began to visit, and um, Milwaukee's not a bad place. We kind of were surprised because Milwaukee does not have the reputation it deserves. The reputation it deserves is this is a nice place uh, and a great place to raise kids, and my uh, daughter and her husband had one. They had a baby. And my husband, who was retired, I hadn't retired at that point or resigned, uh, started visiting because he really liked that baby and he wanted to spend time with him. So finally, he was spending so much time in Milwaukee, I said, I'll just, I'll just quit my job and we'll move there, which is what we did. And we're, we've not been sorry. Um, and uh, the, I, I think the biggest shock to me was that Milwaukee is as segregated as it is, that uh, I just, I had no idea. After we were here for a while, uh, and we bought a house in South Milwaukee, mainly because that's where my daughter and her husband lived. Um, and I, we would go to events, and even things like uh, Brewers baseball games we would go to, and uh, say to my daughter, where are all the black people? <laughs> and my daughter says, Mom, Milwaukee is the most segregated city in the country. I was shocked. I, I'm from the Richmond area in the state of Virginia. I grew up in, in segregation. I know what segregation is. And I was just shocked. Uh, and so I think I've been on a learning mission ever since. One of the greatest things we did after we moved here um, was to become familiar with America's Black Holocaust Museum, um, which was it at 6th and North, I think, was uh, where it was located. My husband, we joined, um, and you know, so meaning we donated money, and my husband became a griot and led uh, groups of people through the museum, and we had the greatest teacher in the world, Reggie Jackson, uh, who is very active in um, the social justice and civil rights movements in uh, Milwaukee. And um, yeah, they truly, it became our family. Um, it embraced us, welcomed us, introduced us to people we would never ever have gotten to know otherwise people we continue to love to this day and um, who continue to accept us, which has just been wonderful for us. Um, my hope for Milwaukee is that all of Milwaukee can become that way. Uh, there are divisions. Uh, you know, long, long, long-term uh, racial 
issues, the redlining, the uh, just all of the Jim Crow things kind of all packed up, balled up and packed into uh, what has become the inner city of Milwaukee. Yeah. But I think hope lies in people like Reggie Jackson, America's Black Holocaust, which is reopening. It closed for several years um, because it ran out of funding and uh, it has uh, new life and uh, it's going to be a bricks and mortar museum again. It has been maintained a virtual presence of the website, uh, maintained beautifully by Fran Kaplan. But um, getting that museum up and going again and getting people into that museum and so they can understand, just understand the African-American experience and that uh, will help African-Americans also understand the white experience uh, because as Dr. James Cameron, who is the founder of that museum, always said, it is a two-way street. When I think of segregation, I think of segregation in, um, in conjunction with um, an emotion and that emotion is fear. Uh, segregation by itself uh, is, is part of something, to me, far larger. And that is uh, people's, uh, people not wanting to be around, not wanting to mix with, not wanting to acknowledge, not wanting to be part of uh, people who are not like them. So, uh, we as white people, and I even hate the term white people because I'm not white and neither is anybody else I've ever seen. <laughs> I've sort of taken to calling myself a European-American. Everybody else is hyphenated. Why shouldn't we be? <laughs> um, but segregation is, is part of this human emotion or reaction, and it's called fear. Um, People are afraid of what they don't know, what they've been told to be afraid of, and what might expose their inadequacies or their feelings of inadequacy. Um, back in the plantation days, the white plantation owners really uh, kept the people they enslaved down. They were punished, if not killed, if they even learned to read. Why was that? I think it's because they were afraid of them. They were afraid of what their prisoners, the people they enslaved, would do if they could read, if they uh, knew things, if they could communicate with each other. Uh, uh, they were certainly, uh, the, just like prisons these days, the prisoners far outnumbered the um, the uh, people who imprisoned them. So the plantation owners had to, and those who um, enslaved people had to uh, control them some way. So they controlled them by keeping them ignorant and isolated, um, and also with physical punishment. Um, and and I just think that's perpetuated worldwide. Uh, segregation in Milwaukee these days is fear. I know people in the suburb where I live who would never, never go into Milwaukee. Aren't you afraid? 
No, <laughs> I am not afraid. <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of. In, in terms of uh, women, uh, the white males of this world feel so threatened and feel so fearful of women uh, gaining power, influence, control, uh, equality, because not that they are afraid of the women, but they're afraid of what they'll lose. White people are afraid of what they'll lose if um, people of color uh, move into positions of dominance um, and control. And so they need to, and it is a definite need, they need to prevent that from happening so they, the white people, will not lose what they have, their privilege, their status, their elitism, and oh yeah, we've got it. I know we do. I think in these days of such a fractured country uh, with people just so completely split down the middle, not even able to talk to each other, to converse with each other, uh, and I'm one of them. You know, if I, I mean, I'm surrounded by people uh, I know have a different uh, different point of political point of view than I do, and who vote for different um, people in different parties than I do. Uh, but I love these people. I get along with them very well. How do I do that? We don't talk about politics. We just don't go there. And it works for us for now. But does it work overall? I don't think so. I really believe if people would ask me why I believe what I do politically, philosophically, uh, spiritually, um, and if I would have the courage to ask them the same thing. Um, it's a way to bridge, and that's what we need, bridges. We don't need walls. We need bridges. <laughs> so I, I think at this point, uh, the number one question I wish people would ask me is, why do you think and act and believe what you do?